Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Today, I have Manik De Silva with us on Audio Gyan. Manik is an illustrator and designer based in Bangalore. His work is born from love for comics, films, and silly humor. constantly exploring modern styles and perspectives while basing it all in his traditional painting techniques and theories a formal education in visual art keeps his work deeply grounded in traditional techniques and theory while a keen interest in pop culture and design helps propel into fresh and unexpected territories uh thank you manik for giving us your time and it's a real pleasure to have you on audio again i'm glad to be here yeah <laughs> So uh, yeah today's topic uh, will be around web comics uh, and understanding more of your work and mm-hmm. how you have uh, explored different territories yeah. uh, I would also tell our listeners to check out uh, a very good blog post uh, on design fabric uh, where uh, Manik is documented on his personal front and how did his evolution of a designer happened Yeah that was fun uh, yeah um so the first question which I have you uh, for you is uh, I mean if you can tell us what is the difference between like a traditional comic strip uh done on paper as opposed to web or maybe animation uh the one which we were talking uh, mm-hmm. earlier about so yeah. can you just start off with that sure um so just to broaden it up um i believe that each person works in um some medium or every story is told in some medium mm-hmm. and uh, you have to use the the benefits of that medium to uh count Correct. right so let's say let's say if we are we're talking about comics and we're talking about web comics um just because i put my comic bonable like pages from it online i wouldn't consider it a web comic right because okay. i'm not fully embracing what the web is offering mm-hmm. right or um do you mean to, to have like the web interactions and other subtleties in the medium itself or uh, is it about uh, something else so it's about the the way a story is told and the way a story is received by the audience okay right so in a traditional comic like let's say we have this book in mm-hmm. front of us we have a left side and a right side of this page that has opened mm-hmm. right and me as the reader uh, i can see both sides Hmm. right and uh, before i even read any of the panels before i even look at them my peripheral vision has already like scanned this whole thing and i've taken it in mm-hmm. so if there's like an explosion in the bottom right corner even though i'm starting to look at the top left corner i know something's going to explode mm-hmm. <laughs> right okay. and so um in traditional comics you're working with that format of like left page right page and mm-hmm. then you flip the page and then there's this new Left, you right, know this yeah. whole left right thing happening all over again and so as a writer you get that page flip is mm-hmm. your opportunity to tell more story mm-hmm. right so you plan the whole thing from top left to bottom right in in a traditional comic you would be planning that whole thing mm-hmm. in one go because the reader sees it in mm-hmm. one go mm-hmm. um now if we come to web comics i um like i said <laughs> i keep calling bonable a, a web comic but it's more just a traditional comic where i put up pages uh, online okay right so a lot in fact maybe the bulk of web comics hmm. you'll find are this format where there's a single image that you can see all of it hmm. 
on the website hmm. or app or whatever you're using. And then you click next or you change scroll. the image yeah. or something like that. Not hmm. scroll. So hmm. you you change and then you get the next image and then oh, the next image. A new page. Yeah, yeah. a new page. Hmm. But that is mimicking what a book does. Hmm. Right? That's not really a new thing. That's mm-hmm. just what a book does, but one page at a time, not even two pages at a time. Some some people upload two pages at a time, but essentially yeah. it's just like, this is a page, then now you click, this is a page. It's like click. a slideshow. Yeah, yeah, it is a slideshow. Yeah. Right, so uh, I wouldn't really count that as embracing web technology, as opposed to, if you think about there are um, communities like Tapastic and Line Webtoon and things like that, they host comics where a lot of them are use the scrolling of touchscreen devices to tell the story. Oh. For example, uh, Jason Brubecker's Citra. Um, one of the first scenes in that is a is a plane crash, and um, because you're scrolling on a device, you you don't need to switch pages at at no point. You, it's just a continuous image that's like. This image, this image, this image, this image, this image. And there's no like end to the page. Mm-hmm. You're just infinitely just going Scrolling. further and further into the story. And so he can expand and contract time. Like if the page is, I mean, if the plane is crashing, then like you have this sequence of the plane and further and closer and fire and something mm-hmm. and something and as you're scrolling you as an audience member you scroll faster and faster because it's like these intense images and yeah. then you reach this panel of explosion and and then the, the pace slows down again mm-hmm. because you you stop scrolling mm-hmm. right and no, but then, sorry to interrupt here yeah. is this uh, a form of just using a particular slideshow like page by page or right. scrolling a very uh, superficial one or you're saying that the artist has to think of panels in a such a way that when it's actually scrolling, it has to be designed in a certain it way. It is different because you can't tell where the page ends. Okay. Like okay. it's arranged such that... So a traditional y- comic cannot be laid down one below the really, other. Okay. Not really. Not okay. really. Because, I mean, technically you can, mm-hmm. but... It depends on how each page ends, mm-hmm. right? And if it's so, like, blocky, like, if it's just, like, side by side, side by side, one below the other, mm-hmm. then maybe it'll look like a normal, it'll look Scroll. fine scrolling. Mm-hmm. But these artists really use the fact that you're scrolling mm-hmm. to create sort of a seamless, just, you just keep going. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no break. The format of there's storytelling. No the format of storytelling itself has changed. Mm-hmm. And you're... Uh, control over this whole page turn that Mm. you're used to in traditional uh, comics has turned into your control over like swiping up and Mm. how much you swipe up can vary because you can show like the next line or you can show a lot of it or you can show this whole so yeah your control over it also has changed Mm. in web comics and so I I think like those uh, because they narrative structure of those things itself is different just inherently mm-hmm. i think they deserve their own like terms so that's why i call those web comics and mm-hmm. call what i do just maybe online comics mm-hmm. or something like that where it's mostly just similar to print mm-hmm. but it's online yeah it's important to understand yeah. this because you brought up this point of control as mm-hmm. uh, which is slightly different in an animated comic or a uh, so, yeah, we were discussing about that as well. Can yeah. you just uh, share that? Um, sure. Um, so I think of different mediums in not just in terms of um, 
you know, how we define them. So if we say movies, then we say, okay, what is a movie? A bunch of images one after another, right? Mm. Um, and what is a book? A bunch of words one after another. So those are simplistic definitions of them. But what really separates a novel, mm-hmm. right? You're one of your liter- literature novels from a movie. Mm. And if you think about it, it's it's the control that the audience has over how much of the story they're taking in at a time, wow. right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm reading a novel, mm. um, okay, Harry Potter goes to the... <laughs> as soon as I stop reading, mm. the story stops with me, mm-hmm. right? I Literally, my brain does not know anything after that. Oh. Right, so I can't. Um, so this whole world that you've built, as soon as I stop, it's done. Mm-hmm. Right, if I continue one word at a time, the story keeps keeps going. Um, as opposed to a movie, where if I'm sitting in the theater and Harry Potter is playing, I don't have any control over that. Mm. It's just going on. Right, mm. it's it's being fed to me at a pace that is decided by the writer. Mm. Um, and and so comics falls somewhere in the middle of that where. Uh, like we were discussing, as soon as you turn a page, your peripheral vision has already scanned and already, like, whether you want it or not, you know what's going on in that page visually. And then you have the choice of going one panel at a time and, and, and seeing uh, how the story is unfolding. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so a podcast, for example, would be more like a movie because uh, you can stop listening to it or you can continue listening to it. But apart from that, it has its own pace and Correct. it's just being given to you. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, so yeah. interesting, uh, <laughs> uh, like notion of control you brought here. Yeah. Um, the next thing which I want to ask you is uh, in one of your interviews with, again, Design Fabric, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned, uh, uh, and I'll quote it, uh, I feel that idea of literally just making something fun and enjoyable for readers is missing from a lot of in modern Indian comics. Uh, quotes. Uh, what makes you say that? I mean, uh, can you share some insights into the world of Indian comics? I mean, because as we were speaking earlier as well, uh, there is a, a whole spectrum of uh, designers, comic illustrators who have done very political satire or uh, have been very serious in terms of their content. Or as there is another spectrum where it's very lightweight, fun, uh, Superman type comics, mm. right? There isn't a in between where there's mature content yeah. uh, shown in a fun way. So, what are your thoughts on that, and why is it has been lacking in India, if I may say? Yeah. So, um, before I say anything, I'm going to preface uh, preface it with I I don't know everything that goes on in India, and I don't yeah. know every comic and uh-huh. artist that working because whenever I say something like this, everyone's like, "Oh, but don't you know about this person?" I'm like, I, maybe I don't. Uh-huh. So maybe it's happening, but. Yeah. From my knowledge and from my limited experience, um, this is uh, at least the opinion that's formed so far, is, yeah, whenever I... uh, Indian comics and Indian stories seem to fall into either taking it very lightly, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's just, oh, just something to... Um, you flip know, like uh, something to flip through, something to distract your mind mm. while you know while you were working. Oh, you got a five minute break. Look at this cartoon type of situation, or it's something that is um, trying very hard to be a, a literary work, mm. right? Like it's trying to you know oh, we have to 
in every um second line there has to be one political message hidden and it, i don't know i feel like if you try and force um themes have to be they have to come naturally out of the story they mm-hmm. can't be forced into dialogue and into um storytelling mm-hmm. otherwise the the reader just if the reader knows that you're giving them that theme mm. or that moral or that something they they sort of put up their defenses it's just like mm-hmm. oh gosh what are you mm-hmm. get don't try to <laughs> like don't try to, yeah, yeah like yeah. don't try to um influence me so much also mm-hmm. um and i think we were talking about it that that comics as soon as you pick up a comic because it's a comic mm. you automatic you automatically have this notion that it's going to be fun mm-hmm. right mm. and so when it is when it reads too dry or too like trying like full literary mm-hmm. then you're just like oh no this is not a comic anymore this is just like um this yeah. is just trying too hard mm-hmm. um and so when i said that i think i meant i grew up with i said it in a specific con- uh thinking of a specific thing because when i grew up i grew up with a lot of very um franchise based stories so like an if you think of like an asterix so you think of um manga or not necessarily tinkle mm. a very um single character long story type of okay. situations okay. right um, tintin type yeah yeah so tintin even uh, tintin and asterix are episodic mm-hmm. but i grew up with even more long form so like um let's say lord of the rings or let's say um Harry Potter or let's say um Japanese uh, franchises like mm. Death Note or uh, Bleach or One Piece or all these things mm. and th- they sort of formed my basis of what storytelling was mm. um and so these were very long stories mm-hmm. <laughs> so just some of them are still not over there's just on their 900th episode and they're still going okay so let's leave those off the table but there's there's still a, a the way you get into story like stories like that is so deep like there's a fanaticism about it that gets that gets um perpetuated throughout the culture of Japan because these stories are so rich mm-hmm. and similarly with america um even though their superheroes were mostly episodic they followed them through like very long timelines and and got very rich with the with the whole story. Mm-hmm. And so there's this whole cultural thing there. And I think those kind of stories which um which are fun on the outside but have a very rich uh, subtext subtext on uh, underneath mm-hmm. those are the ones that I feel at least are missing in India mm-hmm. where um I think we had, we were talking about this example earlier of uh, Black Panther in one way black panther is just you know strong dude fighting off the bad guys mm. but in one way it's also a story very clearly about politics and race and things like that mm-hmm. um and so you it's never forced upon you but it's there mm-hmm. right you can still enjoy the crazy chase sequences and crazy um very fun things that i'm talking about mm. but it's still meaningful Mm-hmm. in a lot of ways where uh, where if they had just like come out and this 
made the whole plot about that, hmm. then it may not have been as effective. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Right? Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, another thing which I want to just uh, ask you is slightly on a personal front. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what was mainly the reason that you changed your focus from uh, if someone has followed your work uh, across, uh, like change your focus from like big words, complex sentences to like actual thing, what is happening? I mean, it it, it is a demand of that comic as well, but still uh, you intentionally change your style. So can you tell us about uh, more about your style and how it has evolved? Sure. Um, throughout school, there was, I think English was one of my favorite subjects. And the focus over there was writing very beautiful, complex sentences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that that was what writing meant, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, writing is, you know, you have this story, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you have to <laughs> put it across in the most, like, elegant vivid way. and elegant, beautiful way yeah. <laughs> possible. And For me, at least, uh, English was like... If- like rose was r o s e like right. get the spelling right yeah that's yeah, it right. yeah <laughs> yeah um but but because that was so important to me um and i think it is important it seems to be the case with a lot of people because there's a lot of um writing with big words when it's not necessary mm-hmm. right and so what that education or what that priority on like big complex sentences does mm. is it makes you forget that the message is more important than mm. than the way of putting the it, way of yeah. putting it mm. right even though the way of putting it will change how you emotionally receive the message and all that that's mm. fine but i sort of started realizing that no, what you're saying is more important. Mm. <laughs> like the actual story or the actual like beats of who is this character and what is it going through? And like all that is also writing. Mm-hmm. Writing in inverted commas is not just, you know, putting these words next to each other or making these crazy sentences. Mm. It Writing involves, you know, uh, figuring out what this theme, like we were discussing, hmm. of the story is going to be underneath. How are you going to bring it out through interesting uh, events through the story without being too forceful, without being too preachy, but also proving uh, something, mm-hmm. right? And so that has become writing for me now. It's more like a puzzle that I'm trying to figure out that, okay, if I have to say this, then what are all the, uh, you know, plots or interesting things that can happen to this character hmm. that would put him in a difficult situation in which whatever you know it, but, it, but do you a, attribute uh, like comic being as a medium of your expression uh, also contributing to uh, coming up because in panels you have to be articulate you have to be short you, you have yeah to but so I thought that initially but I'm seeing it in everything it's there in film it's there in almost everything where it I mean, beautiful language. I still appreciate it. Mm. I send very long text messages to all my friends. And mm. this, Manik, why are you, why are you sending me? Mm. You could have just said, yes, I'm coming for dinner. You didn't have to send me this like mm-hmm. two page article. <laughs> like, no, don't take it personally. I'm just practicing my beautiful language. Mm. But, um, but it is everywhere that in good film and in good series and in good comics and things like that, there has been a lot of writing Mm. that doesn't involve the words that involves just which plots are the uh, best ones that would uh, 
you know, fit into each other nicely from the beginning, which would take the character through the arc nicely, which would change the character in important ways. What would we as the audience understand once this character has changed? Mm-hmm. What were the circumstances that changed this character? And therefore, in my life, if those circumstances were there, what would I do? So all that is also writing. Mm-hmm. Like, and it doesn't even involve words being laid out yeah. to a sentence, right? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that is, of course, an important part of it, but it's only the surface of it. That's mm-hmm. just the skin that you're putting around this, like, crazy... Yeah, uh, to your overall uh, thought process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, um, by all means, have beautiful skin, but, like, inside all the <laughs> all the muscles and organs and all the working parts mm-hmm. are also writing and i think i just didn't realize that in in school and o- over the years of uh, studying storytelling um a lot of it with some friends uh in the ot academy i don't know if you've heard of it but like this very nice group of storytellers and things like that um yeah, so a lot of it, studying storytelling over the years, I've just realized that writing is so much more than just uh, mm-hmm. than just words. Yeah, so true, so true. <laughs> um, every artist has his own style and creates a brand or impression of his own work, right? Uh, and I believe uh, one of the interviews uh, I did with Meera Malhotra and mm-hmm. she said, <clears throat> she quoted uh, one beautiful phrase that it took me 40 years to sound like me and right. this was by Miles Davis yeah uh, so yeah I, I understand that it is a long process but uh, you have any thoughts on how do you um, like what are your thoughts on building your own style because uh, if you keep changing it uh, uh, continuously uh there are very less chances of you creating an impression or creating in that iconic work yeah. where you look at the work and say, hey, it's, this is my manic. Yeah. So what are your thoughts around that? So I'm currently in a position where I've changed styles just constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, and I that's think that, why this question yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> and so it, it's... And most people who like are style agnostic mm-hmm. have something to do with design. Like, They have been in design at least a little bit because design tells you that your opinions don't matter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You do what's right for the for the project. You do what's right for the user, the the user, the the, and not just utility. Like it's so in in one way, like illustrators would think of communication that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is my drawing communicating? the right message mm-hmm. is it understandable all that mm-hmm. but apart from that like what is what would make the piece itself shine mm-hmm. so i mean it may sound really um i don't know non practical but like the piece itself will tell you what styles work best for this kind of material or this kind of uh, audience or this kind of uh, subject matter or this kind of like it dictates its own style Mm -hmm. um and i can't be like no you should be cuter Mm -hmm. or you should be whatever i just uh, i'm i'm more the i'm more the messenger so i just like i practice a lot of different styles and i like a lot of different art Mm -hmm. and so if a piece i'm working on requires me to study more about whatever renaissance art or something like that i'll just do it like 
it's needed by the piece and it, so uh, i have to just study and get better at that and then do that for this piece and then the next piece suddenly is like a whatever hyper modern minimal illustration and so on, then i need to study that and like uh think about what the what style that piece would work best in mm-hmm. rather than what i want to do each yeah. time yeah. and maybe i'm only talking visually maybe there are other things apart from visual language that dictates you know style mm-hmm. uh some of it um has been pointed out to me like like things like humor and things like that so there's always like I, like subconsciously yeah. because you are making the work got it, got <laughs> no matter how much you try to be like oh no it's not about me it's about the, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. about the work finally you're doing it got it got it uh, and finally uh you have this history of likes and dislikes and uh whatever taste that you've built up over yeah, the years yeah. and your work is colored by that so yeah. since i like humor and since it appeals to me even in serious mm. situations humor i think can add a uh, nice context um most pieces that i do will have some aspect of Well, that's a bit weird or that's a bit funny or something like that mm-hmm. will always be there even though i like like, <laughs> like this uh the uh, bonable my own comic is a good example of it because i set out writing this horror adventure and every second panel i'm like laughing because <laughs> like the characters just doing mm-hmm. uh something that i think would be funny mm-hmm. uh and so maybe humor is uh, one way of uh, saying yeah. saying there's that, a there's an underlying style that right? yeah. there's an underlying style that is very manic maybe yeah yeah i like the part of uh, you being the messenger as uh, i think that's well put and yeah. also uh, like i have like i have interviewed like four five people uh, yeah. whom i have asked a similar type of question yeah. in a different context and yeah. i've seen that Uh, superficially there may not be a consistency or a style pattern yeah. but uh, usually there is there's a underlying current to it which yeah, yeah. which uh, gives the character of yes that designer yeah for sure yeah there's uh, this book called uh, the war of art mm-hmm. which uh, talks about i think that's where i would have got the the messenger aspect of it mm-hmm. it's a very like philosophical book but uh, and it's about i think the preface of the book is just like um a lot of books ta- tell you how to make art mm-hmm. not a lot of them tell you how to be an artist mm-hmm. uh and so the book is just about what your thoughts may be just being an artist mm-hmm. and so one of the thoughts is uh, you know you're the messenger mm-hmm. if if the work requires you to do something you do it well, <laughs> it's fine yeah. uh Cool, Manik. I would like to conclude with one last question, um, which is, again, I'm not holding you as an authority on mm-hmm. that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> But what are your thoughts on like future of comics or web comics mainly, because right. which you are uh, currently dealing with? Yeah. Uh, how is it going to shape? Um, what are your thoughts on how is it going to shape uh, the coming decades in India at least? So, um, a lot of. Uh, I mentioned um, Japan and America because uh, there are other countries that obviously have amazing uh, comic culture and stuff like that but it's very interesting to look at other countries because I think they built up that comic culture 
very largely because of a common language and because of common interests and things like that mm. um and so it is much harder in mm. a country like india to have something that is so pervasive that okay if japan likes pokemon means like 90% of japan <laughs> likes pokemon Correct. or at least it appears so from the outside mm. and to have something like that in india which is just like which it's too diverse to like, it's so diverse for, that yeah. like language is one aspect interest is another aspect like priorities is another aspect so how do you get so many people on board with the same ideas or something like that and that's and that's obviously difficult to do which is why I was super happy when when Bahubali actually did it it was just like oh there's this random fictional story mm-hmm. and somehow it's become this phenomenon in india that uh i mean because so much uh money went behind it so much and they got it back like yeah. the audience responded to it in a way that hasn't been seen in a while mm. uh and so that i think would be like the starting point now mm-hmm. so because there's this nice fictional uh <laughs> a uh, story that's become so popular hmm. that opens the gate for other maybe projects here and there to uh, to enter into the market and to be and for audiences noticed, yeah. for audiences are now used to this mm-hmm. this is like oh this is not this is this huge fantastical story that is pretty long and pretty like i may invest in it and it may be multiple movies that mm-hmm. Uh, you know this story may span across multiple movies or uh and so the audience is more receptive to that mm-hmm. right i'm mostly working with english audiences mm-hmm. but obviously that's like a fraction of the audience in india mm-hmm. um other creators may be working in different languages and so they'll be speaking to much wider audiences got it, got it. right and so the more uh i keep using the word franchise i don't know if it's the right word mm-hmm. but like the more properties like bahubali that come out mm-hmm. the better for india because like the more receptive everyone gets to the fact that indian uh fiction can be popular mm-hmm. because that's the that's the trouble right like if i i mean i'm sure there are um already some series and things like that and even bonable is one of them but they are not going to get the kind of widespread popularity that uh, a similar thing in another country would mm-hmm. because of these diversity things that Correct. we have in india yeah. um, again if you look at the urban population at least in the metro cities like yeah. uh, things like netflix have slightly opened the yeah. door to uh people at least getting used to this series kind of a yeah. format and obviously for children there is chota beam who runs across india i guess yeah. uh but yeah i got your point where you're saying that uh like projects like bahubali have yeah. opened uh, certain doors f- yeah. for for artists to explore and communicate their stories as well yeah but uh, so i may not be the biggest fan of bahubali but like yeah. i neither am c- i completely yeah. appreciate the fact that it did well mm-hmm. like that's its redeeming factor because exactly. because it did well everyone else is now like prepared to do more mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> it's uh, like, like this is not a constantly failing <laughs> like endeavor there yeah. are, there is like pieces in place correct correct uh, no but to counter this yeah. uh, i also did one interview with vaibhav kumar oh, yeah? uh, and okay. and he said uh, yes there is 
uh, a market to do this but mm-hmm. i think india needs to because india has been traditionally for the last at least 10 12 14 15 20 yeah. years has been working on the craft of animation uh, especially uh, because a lot of uh, like we are labor intensive yeah. that's why uh, a lot of um, uh, projects from hollywood used to come here mm-hmm. in Hyderabad, Chennai and other places to mainly execute stuff. So we have always concentrated on the craft. Yeah, so rather than we the, might yeah and yeah. rather than the storytelling yeah. aspect of it. So uh, there's a there's a thin For line. sure. Yeah. I mean of course that I mean that's also tied into what I was talking about with the like I was so obsessed with the words mm-hmm. I forgot to look underneath and be like okay, okay. what is the actual <laughs> like mechanics of storytelling yeah. what makes it a good story and stuff yeah. like that yeah. yes uh, that we obviously need to learn more and experiment mm-hmm. more with and and all that but um there are like because we maybe 10 years ago or something like that I didn't think, obviously I was very young, but like I didn't know that there were that many great illustrators in Mm -hmm. India, Mm -hmm. at least in the style that I was looking at. Correct. Um, But now it's just like everywhere I look, there's some amazing artists Mm -hmm. (laughs) coming up. So I don't think that's going to be the problem going forward. Like the art is getting really good. Mm -hmm. Um, But the vehicle... (laughs) Um, to like propagate uh, yeah thing. the the actual story that that art is going to portray hmm. that is going to be an issue so like more writer artist combinations hmm. um, or even more uh, uh, writers who are also artists mm-hmm. um, that would I think bridge the gap for hmm. comics and web comics Correct. Um, because even uh, there are a lot of writer artist uh, pairs mm-hmm. uh, who like it's it's odd because that's how it worked abroad Correct. but over here writers are very often not too well versed with how the visual aspects of a comic play out mm-hmm. so they're thinking of it like a novel but like we discussed novels and comics are completely different because of the audience control so you can't even write a comic Mm -hmm. the same way you would write a novel at all Um, the underneath is fine but Mm -hmm. finally the writing of a comic is completely different Mm -hmm. um, because on every page you get that whole correct Uh, cool I think this is a good note to end this uh, and uh, if people have to follow your work, uh, where should they check out? Um, ManikDeSilva.com, I think is the easiest way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And from there, there's a link to Bonabil.com. B-O-N-A-B-Y-L. I haven't updated it in a while, but mm-hmm. it's there. Cool. All right. Uh, thank you, Manik, for giving us your time. And it was sure. wonderful talking to you. You too. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. That's it. And that's it from today's Gyan Session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on audiogyan.com. Till then, bye!